Welcome to the Princess and the Bee podcast, the place to be to build your empire as queen of your body, business, and life. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm an award-winning coach, Amazon best-selling author, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. Each week, I give you the systems, strategies, and success stories to help you master your mindset, communicate with ease, and triple your productivity so you make the income and the impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your weekly spark of inspiration as you take it to the next level with all the bees of your life, body, business, bank account, boys, and babies. Let's make it rain. Hello, hello, and welcome back to The Princess and the Bee. As always, take a hot second of gratitude and thank yourself for choosing content that uplifts, inspires, motivates, and challenges. And speaking of challenges, I am so excited to have Liz Ward and Fabian Wintel of Tourism Tribe. Now, because of the state of the current world in this pandemic, in COVID, in social distancing, with the whole shutdown on tourism, I am so excited to bring Liz and Fabienne here because Tourism Tribe is a genuine peer-to-peer community of tourism operators, industry and digital experts that have a provide a supported learning environment. They are relentlessly committed to help tourism businesses to stay up to date with transformative technologies and business opportunities brought by the new traveler and leverage those opportunities in the most time and cost effective manner. And that those services are never before more needed than right now. Liz Ward is a committed advocate for innovation in marketing and distribution and recognized expert in strategy with more than 20 years of experience specializing in travel and tourism. Liz has pioneered many first-time digital transformation initiatives that have had lasting impacts, including starting up the Australian Tourism Data Warehouse and being its CEO for over 10 years. Fabienne is a digital strategist who excels in her field of empowering tourism professionals to make the most of digital technology. In their business ventures, she is an advocate for digital self-sufficiency within businesses, and her hands-on approach has enabled thousands of small and large business owners with the tools and knowledge to make a living from tourism. Fabienne's blend of digital know-how, tourism knowledge, her training and coaching skills, and ability to think outside the box and a natural gift for communication make her a sought-after consultant, workshop facilitator, and speaker in her field. TourismTribe.com is where operators learn to run, market, and get the best out of all small tourism businesses. And so I am welcome to the Princess and the Bee, Liz and Fabienne. Oh, thank thank you, you, Kimberly. So great to be. Let's get down into it with this pandemic with the complete shutdown of tourism, how have you been helping your clients innovate and pivot their businesses? Well, I'll kick off. Um, Fabian and I stuck our heads together when we realized just how bad this was going to be. And we had our, our team with us as well. And we went, what's the best response that we can make in this situation when we understood just how dire this was going to be for tourism businesses, that people weren't going to be allowed to take their holidays at Easter or even to travel beyond their homes unless it was you know, deemed essential. We just knew we had to come up with something. Um, And we knew that the impacts were going to be, you know, really, really tough in terms of business and lost revenue, but also that there were going to be a whole stack of business people sitting around with nothing to do for possibly months. And so what we did is we came up with an idea on the Monday that we would create a 12-week course that they could do online. Um, and it can, you know, can be global. Anyone can do it, and it, and it's going to be really helpful to them to not only upskill them during this period and really help them to prepare their businesses for when people can travel again and get, you know, really advance their marketing, but to motivate them and keep them feeling positive, use their time productively, and to connect with each other as well. So that was how we responded, and in making that decision to do that, um, we launched it the next day. 
And then we've been really busy ever since um, creating and rolling this program out. And um, it's been great because people are telling us that it has been a really um, productive and helpful thing for them to do during this period. And we can see just the amazing results as they're, they're growing and their skills are improving as well. Amazing. That is the, the fact I, I, that you launched it the next day. It's one of the top, uh, the top things that I try to drill into my entrepreneur audience of the necessity for speed of implementation and delaying on ideas and just creates greater doubt. It creates greater uncertainty, both in the entrepreneur and it doesn't serve the customers. So I love the fact that you had your amazing brainstorming session and you just took action the next day and launched it. Now, inside of your industry, what have you experienced to be the response of, of the industry professionals and small businesses inside the tourism industry? Oh, I know you're trying to give me a turn. You were both muted for a moment. <laughs> Two-headed entrepreneurial monster, so the other one can talk. Do <laughs> <laughs> you want me to talk? I guess um, maybe, maybe what I, I just want to clarify with regards to us launching, it, it made us, you, you made us sound like we were this amazing group of people that can just overnight suddenly design an online course and an online platform but that's not quite the case. We actually are an online-based business. So we have always been working from remote location. We don't have an office. We run courses all the time. So being able to, um, to launch that course in, let's say, 10 hours, um, you know, we, we definitely have been able to pull the content together, pull the landing page together, create all the marketing automation, um, all the online courses. But thank goodness we've actually already had the experience on how to run online businesses before. So maybe I just wanted to clarify that. And in terms of what the response has been from our industry colleagues and other consultants, it's been, you know, with so, through social media, through some awesome groups, there's a lot of, you know, tourism groups, especially one um, that an industry colleague has created called Women in Tourism. And, and people have been sharing so generously all their motivation and all their tips and the different situation and what could be done for the industry. So, so that's been really empowering to, to see everyone coming together. Um, what we've been able to do as well is bring other industry experts under our wing, under our tech wing, and allowing them to also launch their courses really quickly without being you know, um, delayed by having to learn how to set up training in online environments as well. Extraordinary with the how has collaboration in your businesses served you? I look, it's there's no way that you can um, be an expert at everything. Um, we know where our strengths are, we know that digital strategy, digital marketing for tourism and hospitality is, is really our thing and staying at the forefront of that is really important for us as as business people to do that so therefore um, when it comes to a deep dive into other topics um, it's really important that we collaborate um, so that so the collaboration with other experts and as Fabi was just saying before um, about it's allowed us to take other experts under our wing we just you know as if we didn't have enough to do we decided to to exactly do that and create another COVID program but it's about um, customer centric experience design we didn't we didn't say we need this what happened was those other consultants came to us and said look we've only ever worked in the physical space we need to get our programs online. How would you advise us to do that? What technology should we use? And it didn't take me long to go, don't even go there. That's gonna take you six months to implement that if you, you need to you know, create your own platform. Um, please use ours. We like what you do. We have a lot of confidence in you and what you do. So, you know, collaborate with us. We'll get your product to market very quickly. So that was another thing that we've been able to do. But collaboration for us also is out through the industry. So 
the tourism industry is very big, as you'd be aware, globally, and it has lots of, there's like an ecosystem of tourism. So there are organisations that act as um, kind of like aggregators of, of support and information for their, like their regional tourism operators that exist. So there's, you know, regional tourism associations, then there's like, it's an industry of industry. So there are, there are, business sector specific association. So we collaborate a lot with them as well. So we'll be able to be their digital marketing and digital training experts and deliver to, you know, their, their groups of people um, who are members of theirs. So collab collaboration for us is absolutely key um, to be able to get our services out there and to be able to help these businesses. Um, we've got a good network, but you know, it's, it's never going to be as strong as it can be unless we're working in partnership with others. I love that collaboration always over competition because I know with a lot of beginning entrepreneurs, when they first get out, there is the fear of comparison or comparison to other people in their industry. And there can be that competition in essence, but you have used strategic partnerships to your advantage and to your, your partner's advantage as well in lifting everybody up. And I, I truly believe a rising tide lifts all boats. Um, I know you just recently partnered with Customer Frame, or you took them under your, uh, your tech wing to build the six-week customer recovery program. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, to that point, um, it's strategically, that's a really, that's a smart thing for us to do because up till this point, well, there really haven't been other players in the market like us that really have, mm -hmm. you know, the online platform and all of the great automation that Fabi has set up and those processes and, you know, everything, everything's just evolving so fast in terms of our platform taking it the best advantage it can of technology. And we haven't really had any competitors like that. Every, but all the other consultants are still, you know, working face to face and in physical workshops, etc. However, because of COVID-19, the whole world has gone on to Zoom and the whole world now sees doing online communications and online training as a very viable option. So all of a sudden, up are popping some people who are emulating what we do. So it's, it's really smart for us strategically to go, well, let's collaborate, let's offer our technology platform to other experts, providing they have the quality and the, you know, the same kind of values as us, um, then we're more than happy to do that and to therefore be able to offer our customers and, you know, future customers even, you know, more great great content and, um, and training options that we can provide to them. And, and Customer Frame is a great example of that, that six-week course that is all about customer-centric business planning and business design. And, and it's different to what we do, but it complements what we do. Mm -hmm. So it takes a deep dive down that kind of, you know, customer, you know, putting your customer in the centre of how you actually plan the growth of your business and, and the service that you create and uh, your planning, et cetera. So it's a really good fit. And that's an essential uh, business awareness for every, uh, for every industry, because a lot of times, especially in my industry, in, in, in my business, I work with a lot of creative visionaries and they have a lot of ideas and sometimes they fall in love with their ideas more than they do with their customers. And when you end up falling in love more with your customers and really looking at what is it, how can you best serve that, that person's needs? it changes the game for the, the, the relationship that you have and it allows you to create a culture of absolute raving fans because you're constantly serving their needs rather than the, the ideas that sometimes are very easy for creative entrepreneurs to, to come up with that may or may not work. Mm, mm, for sure. And if, and I remember doing some research into, it was for a business planning course that we were running and doing some research into startups and at what stage they will tend to create a business plan. And what the research showed was that a lot of um, startup companies, you know, their business plan is on the back of the coast or an envelope or whatever when they first start out because they're so... Um, so emotionally charged and energized and excited about their idea and they just run with it 
And it usually takes 12 to 24 months before they start to get a sense of, well, what does their customer really want? What has worked? And if they've survived that long, that's when they will develop a business plan. So the business plan is a side issue to this conversation, but it's to your point, Kimberly, that um, often when we start businesses, we our gut is telling us this will be great for the customer, but it takes 12 to 24 months to really get the feedback and understand what they do like and to evolve the product to a stage that it is really designed around the customer because you just, you know, you real need, you do need real customers to test it on. Mm -hmm. So speaking of designing businesses, what inspired you to design Tourism Tribe to really serve the tourism industry in the way that you do? Well, I guess um, I'll, I'll take that one. <laughs> I'll start on that one, see how long we've got. Um, Liz and I have known each other for a long time before we, we, you know, we got together and really got our heads and go, how are we going to solve this problem of continuously educating and motivating the industry to um, to stay digitally savvy, engage, continue learning. And I mean, you would know, being a digital entrepreneur is not an easy task. And now mm -hmm. we're asking suddenly people of, you know, of a, a different generation, older than us, to suddenly be able to do their business, serve their customers, and then learn how to do all this and deal with a customer that uses a different tool. So, so that was always our challenge is how can we make... Um, let this help this industry and, and all these different individual people in this industry make a living of what they love doing, which is to help customers, um, to help their guests have a wonderful experience in their region. And, you know, Liz and I, we both had been traveling, you know, on the plane twice a week, three times a week, um, me doing a, a lot of training all around Australia, Liz being a CEO of a huge huge national organization. And we're like, well, we can't, we can't just keep educating people this way. We've got to put something in place that allows people to become self-sufficient, they can access resources, but they can also share resources in their region, you know, develop a relationship with all other operators in their region. And that's how Tourism Tribe was born. People can actually communicate and um, find peers through our support forum. Um, they can learn independently from their location. You know, we've got a member that's been with us for a long time. She's located in the smallest island that makes the best cheese um, in Tasmania. And she said she can't access workshops on the mainland. You know, it would cost so much money for her to do that. So being able to connect through an online environment and network with other peers anywhere around the world is a massive bonus. They stop reinventing the wheel. They find ways how to do, you know, go about finding ways on how to do things that other operators in a similar subsector and in industry are doing somewhere else. Like we had a Two ladies the other day realised in a small group coaching session that they use a very similar system for their accommodation business. So they decided to continue the conversation offline, I guess, in another Zoom room, how you do these days, and help one another. So, you know, that's really our job being achieved of connecting these operators and giving them the motivation and the tools to stay up to date with the needs of doing business in 2020. Amen. So what do you see is on the forefront, given everything that's happened in the past six weeks with COVID? Um, what do you see is on the forefront for the tourism industry as a whole? Um, I'm happy to comment on this to start. We'll contribute as well because it's such a, it's a, we're crystal balling, but with, I suppose, you know, um, a reasonable understanding of um, of consumer sentiment and um, mm -hmm. so what what we are saying to tourism operators in our advice to them is that what we what would anyone would reasonably expect to happen is that your local market will mobilize first so and you can see that as we see restrictions starting to lift that you know well now you can drive 50 kilometers to go and do something so you know like so we we, we expect that it will be the local market that will be able to start to um, enjoy 
things that they used to enjoy first. And also this concept of the hyper-local market being people who live locally who love to buy from local businesses. So they're great because they're those raving fans of local businesses who will want to support them. So, um, you know, creating, you know, reviewing what you're able to offer to consumers and creating packages or products that are really going to appeal to that local and hyper-local market and, and being ready to be able to um, promote that, uh, that package or product um, as soon, you know, being, having the campaign ready to go and, you know, ready to get it out there into the marketplace, very targeted to that local audience. We think that's probably the, the best approach um, to ready themselves for. In the bigger picture, I mean, who knows how long it will be until um, we see international um, leisure travel happening again. I mean, that could be a very long time, maybe with the exception of between Australia and New Zealand, maybe that will happen sooner, but it could be a very long, long time until people are allowed to, to travel for leisure internationally. Um, so that means the focus, you know, all the tourism businesses will be chasing the domestic market, firstly local, then intrastate, then interstate. And so they're going to have to look for ways, back to this concept again, of collaborating. Because can you imagine everyone being, having the knowledge and, and the skills to be able to start doing um, online ads, for example, on launching their campaigns? Like it would just, and then you've got the online mm -hmm. travel aid. So we do it. So it will just, it would be just so chaotic and no one will get the cut through except those with massive budgets like you know the online travel agencies um, so collaboration is really key here so we're we're recommending that um, tourism operators look to other tourism operators and say well how do we put a really compelling um, unique package together so that could be a small accommodation operator working with a, a tour operator maybe packaging in with um, a food and beverage provider um, a transport operator working with various attractions you know and packaging isn't new to the tourism industry but to some tourism operators they've never done it before and this is the opportunity to to get creative and come up with a unique package because then they can each get behind the marketing of it and it puts something new and interesting into the market as well. Um, so that's, that's kind of a, a bit of a, how we're sort of thinking they should respond as well as how we think the market might open up um, as we get through this, this, um, this crisis that we're in. And I think so operators, I, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I wanted to add something to Liz. I think operators have to be ready to, to talk face to face and be like, they're going to be so tired about telling their story because everyone will want to sit down and have a cup of tea and hear about what's been happening in their business and, you know, do what they love most. Like they're going to have to be ready to have so much energy for the face to face because no one's been able to do it for so long. Um, mm -hmm. so you know, who knows? You might even put together packages of just call us and we'll get it all sorted for you because people have been too tired of looking at Facebook and, and Insta and Google for so long. So who knows what will happen, but there have to be, I think what we're trying to get everyone ready for is that there might not be much notice between um, when, you know, you, you might not get much notice as to when things are going to start to be ready to open. So you have to have your information up to date on your website as to what you are able to offer because people will want to buy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love the fact that just on the, that what this crisis has done as for the world is it's made innovation and collaboration more essential than ever in order to lift each other up and pull ourselves up together, no matter what industry you're in. I see that across, across multiple different industries. So let me ask you, what is the biggest lesson in growing this, this business that you've learned along the way? Um, gosh, that's such a good question. We, I feel like we're learning every day. I, I think if we ever take our foot off the accelerator, the learning accelerator, we'll start going backwards because we are working in such a fast moving environment. Um, I think for me, um, 
the biggest lesson has been that we can't stop innovating um, around our customer. Like we, and, and, every, and because, you know, we're constantly creating new products and, and services and finding smarter ways to market them and, and display them on the website and sell them on, through the website, et cetera, there's always adjustments that are happening. So um, we've, we've always got to be um, checking in that they are right for the customer and that it works really well for them you know, getting feedback constantly about the services that we're offering and being prepared to, um, to hear anything that we're not too comfortable with and just adjusting, just being ready to, to change. Um, yeah, so I think it's that constant learning, constant evolution of the product, but with the customer right at the heart of it in terms of listening to them and, and taking on board what they're telling us. It doesn't mean that we'll always be guided by them in terms of what our next product is, because sometimes we're ahead of what we're, we're, we're in an industry where we've got to educate them about what the opportunities are using technology mm -hmm. for their business. So they can't say, you know, if we asked all of our, our ideal customers, what do they need the most? Usually the answer is I want to learn about Facebook ads, but actually we know that's not the most important thing in their business. The answer is different to that. It's more fundamental and, you know, about strategic digital tools they use, and, you know, the answer is different, but mm -hmm. what we've got to do is keep checking back that what we're offering them is working for them. Um, so I just, I just think we need to, to stay focused on that. And it's what we've, with what we've learned keeps um, keeps us moving forward. I love the fact that. Oh, go ahead, Fabiana. <laughs> I keep on, I keep on interrupting you. But... <laughs> um, I think the other thing that, and I guess that will apply to every entrepreneur. You know, having a home office, balancing family life, ideal life. You know, <laughs> doing what mm -hmm. they love. Um, Liz and I've got each other, which is really great because we can bounce ideas of each other. And, you know, we've got really distinct skill set that complement each other really well. But what I find personally that I have to constantly challenge myself to do is actually get off my computer and, and do things that don't require my brain to be engaged all the time so that that inspiration can come to me as well. But it's really hard when you're concentrating all the time and you want to achieve your goals and you don't want to do this for your customers to, to be able to stop and actually go, all right, I'm going to force myself to stop and not think so my brain can start thinking about other creative things that will help me a lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and I can tell you it's really valuable that she does that because that's when the gems really come out. <laughs> we need to get her Isn't it always? her computer, yeah. I mean, I, and you touched on something, Liz, that I, I think is so powerful. It's, it's something that I teach to my clients, that the difference between marketing tactics and marketing strategy. And you can throw a whole bunch of tactics out there, like you said, with your deal-based customers who are looking at just how do I do Facebook ads at using that tactic. But until they get, get down into the whole overarching strategy of what is the purpose of of that and what is the real need that they need to be addressing before they even address Facebook ads or a, a different tactic of some sort. And I would love for you to dive into what, what, is, what are the strategies that you really see are super effective for your industry, for the businesses, and what has been a strategy that's been incredibly effective for you in your business? Yeah, well, they're the same and they're, they're the same for anybody who wants to sell something now. And this has been the big shift. And, you know, Fab is just such an expert in um, training on this is um, to shift from compartmentalizing your, your marketing, you know, like it, it, we've been in this decade of, and this has largely been driven because of social media and coming to grips with it as businesses and how to use it. And because it has kept changing, we've been focused on the tactics so much and we've compartmentalized things. So yes, everyone's got a website. That's good. And usually e-commerce functions are on there so that people can, you know, purchase on the website. Everybody understands that um, Google is really important and, you know, they've got some concepts about, search engine optimization and maybe doing search engine marketing as well 
And then over here, they've got the box that's got social media in it. So, you know, whatever they're using, more than likely Facebook for business and more than likely Instagram. Um, and they might also be doing some email marketing separately over here, but none of the pieces are working together. So mm. they're, they're just doing them as a block of tactics. There's a strategy, there's a social media strategy, there's a, a web strategy, maybe. Often there isn't, often there's just a website and a web developer, there isn't a lot of strategy going on with the website. But they haven't looked at the whole thing together and once again put the customer into the middle of it and gone, how do we want to nurture the, these, these potential customers and you know, return customers, how do we want to nurture them through um, a funnel? So taking the marketing funnel concept, and we like to call it a trust funnel. How do we, you know, nurture them through that, through really nice, valuable, sensitive communications um, that encourages them to really trust us and then eventually you know engage with us engage with us and eventually buy from us and if they don't pick them up where they dropped off and you know keep nurturing them along so so taking a lead funnel approach to marketing with the customer at the heart of it and so looking at the whole journey um, from from, and in a cycle, you know, that it doesn't end unless they completely want to disengage with you. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know, you know, verbally explaining that, I'm sure that you get it. I hope I painted a picture that other people can see and I'm sure Fabi can add to that. But I think that is the big shift for marketing in 2020. And what we're trying to do with our customers is help them get that concept. And then what are the tools that they need um, to be integrated like their um, email marketing, um, customer relationship management system, integrating with their website, integrating their, um, their Facebook um, account and ads with, um, with their website, you know, using automation to be able to create email marketing sequences, like the whole lot working together as a beautiful machine, as opposed to all these different components. And it's quite interesting Love. because the I've done it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> you you and I are just on the same page. <laughs> so many industry, you know, in marketing automation and, you know, lead magnets been around for years, but in the tourism industry, it's just been like, sell them a booking system and put a, put a book now button on your website. And off you go, this is going to work, but clearly not. Like if you've got no SEO or, or, or no traffic to the top of your funnel, no one's going to buy from you. Plus, if your website is really not enticing you to buy, you can have a book now button there, but no one's going to buy. So it's about teaching people to have that, that global strategic approach about their business. And, you know, like what's the number one purpose of my website? Oh, to inform people. No, it's to actually put bums on seat or bums in bed. And how are you doing that? You know, why are you throwing your least qualified salesperson when you, where you have most of your customers and when they realize that, oh, yeah, my website gets more visits than I get in terms of the number of phone calls, yet it don't, doesn't have any of the information that I use to close the deal on the phone, we've got a problem. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what we're trying to teach them. And, you know, you, you know, like, you know, you need tools like marketing automation. And when you're trying to teach someone who, who's too scared to edit that web, their website that they actually need to learn about marketing automation and they need to become that entrepreneurial mini geek and, and you know, like read, read website, reads about sales funnel. It's, it's not always easy. So we really try and give them like the really, I guess, um, cut down approach with, with the right tools because they can't afford to make a mistake and go down the path of a you know $10,000 investment plus hundreds of hours of their time for a tool that's not going to cut the mustard. So, so that's mm -hmm. what we try and show them and say, well, this is what needs to happen. If you've never done it before, these are the four or five tools that we're not being paid for to sell to you, but we use these ones because we know that in three weeks' time, you're going to ask that question and yes, we thought about that before and they integrate beautifully with one another. So, th so that's why we try and get the customers is, is to think, our customers is to think, well, you know, there's, there's one point you've got an online presence, it's to sell and get, get you more business so you can continue to live the life that you love and, 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 and do what you plan to do without not being able to continue because you can't pay yourself. 
Um, and, and we, I mean, you can hear us, we love helping operators and we love teaching them automation. Um, but sometimes it, it can still be a little bit technical. So we try and balance it with fun stuff, especially like in our 12 week training program at the moment, we're on week five and it's been quite heavy, you know, on online reputation management, product pages on your website, lead funnels. So next week we're trying to mix it up with a bit of Facebook messenger automation. That's fun and not too technical. So yeah. we, we, need to, we, need to keep to, we need to keep them motivated to want to learn about technology. And that, there's one thing they don't have normally, which is time. And there's one thing they actually all have at the moment, which is time. That's why we've never been so busy because everyone's actually got the time to learn, which is fantastic. And it's going to make our industry so much stronger and so much more responsive when the world reopens. I love the perspective that you have of just skilling up during this time of this, this downtime when people do have more time and how to really use this time as effectively as possible. How did you, what, what led you to the place where you are so driven to serve the customer? Was there a moment in, was there a moment in the, in the start of your business or? I think the freedom, like I love, I'm really adventurous and small little adventures that I do all the time. And I could never see myself doing something that I don't find the motivation for. And, you know, I've been running a business on my own for how long? Probably as long as I've lived in Australia, over 15 years. And it's just the continuous being able to do what I love and helping other people do what they love. I think it's the best motivation you can have. Not having an alarm clock. <laughs> And living the life you love wherever you want, sharing it with, you know, like choosing your partners, your entrepreneur, the people that you talk to. It's just fantastic. And just wanting to share that and help people being able to do that. And, you know, if I, if I go and drive to the city and I see all these people stuck in traffic, I just want to go and get them out of the car and say, you really realise you could be doing this from home and having more time to, to do this? <laughs> Amen. I think the same thing when, uh, when I would be rarely stuck in Los Angeles traffic, the thought of doing that every day, five days a week was just torture. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love the fact that both of you, you, you're kind of like the functional medicine doctors of marketing strategy. Oh, I like this. Because <laughs> If you think of like, you have a social media strategist who's like your cardiologist who focuses just on the heart, or you have your neurologist who focuses on uh, the brain and the neurons, but the functional medicine doctor looks at the systems as a whole and how they integrate within each other. And how you look at each of the systems, which, which thus encompasses the overarching strategy of how the body is operating because a cardiologist can look at the car can look at the car look at the heart and say oh it's heart disease but a functional medicine doctor can look at the whole pieces of what is the nutrition that's going in into you know pumping what is the nutrition that's going into the body that's causing the the fuel that's what is the oxygen what is the quality what what are all these different tests and levels and layers that that the that the cardiologist may not see because the cardiologist is trained as a specialist to focus just on the thing, the issues of the heart. Whereas a functional medicine doctor looks at the systems and all the systems as a whole. And so I, as you were talking, Liz, about looking at the social media system and the ad system and the email as a system and the website as a system, and they all operate to pump the blood to, to the heartbeat, which is the customer. And it just, you, the, the picture that came to me was just this beautiful picture of all of the strategies that come into place. Because if you go to a social media specialist and they show, tweak your social media and they say, oh, this, this, and that is wrong with your social media, that can be true possibly, but it also could be the, the lack of SEO that you have that's coming that's that you you don't have translated into your social media that's from your website that's it from translated from your sales conversations that you have it's not translated onto your website so allowing yourself to really as a business owner 
look at it from that overarching strategy of how each of the, the pieces and each of the systems play into, into the greater body, which is the body of the business and the heartbeat of the customer. Yeah, I think that's a great analogy. I like that. I like the blood pumping through the customer. That's really good because you never know which artery it's going to take. You don't know where you're going to interact with that customer. So you've got to have all of the pathways optimized and talking to each other so that you can serve the customer with what it is that is going to help them make a decision and keep moving forward with you. So what, what has changed in your business from when you started it to now? How have, how have you grown as leaders as you've grown this business? I'll say that we've grown using the agile method. <laughs> Do a little <laughs> bit of this, try if it works. <laughs> and then, you know, stop if, it, stop if it doesn't, ask some people, get some advice, talk through a few glasses of wine, change things, try again read more yeah there's been I, I don't think there's definitely no book for us to follow um i always tell you know people tell me oh how do you learn i'm like well it's not that we're not an electrician or you know it's hard to teach people because there's no books about how to do things um we're entrepreneurs who are trying to help entrepreneurs <laughs> so we're just going to believe in what we do test refine see if it works, listen to, to a lot of our customer feedback and understand that even though we are the functional medicine doctor, I think we have to be the clown as well. <laughs> a lot yeah. of the times we've got to be the clown because when I run workshops, you know, like for four or five hours um, and, you know, in an old school conference room, um, it's easier than five hours on Zoom. Um, you've got to break it up with fun things. You've got to let people talk to one another um, and, and people need to be able to remember that very specific time when Fabi was the clown and that, you know, you can see when it, it, the idea sinks, sinks in. Um, yeah, so hopefully I've answered, I've answered your question. Yeah, I yeah, no, I think you did. And I'm thinking, how else have we grown? Um, God. Our I, team, I, you know, being yeah. able to snack Stack yeah. ourselves from our job and and have really good processes and methodologies yes, and automation in place yeah. um, for our team to do it and be better at it than us. Like that's yeah. that's how we have to grow smartly. Like yeah, I'd love to yeah. myself some more jobs. That's right. The more we do that, the more we can scale the business. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so that's been really important for us. So we've never let go of that goal. The other thing, you know, whilst I'm sure we have developed ourselves, if, you, if we took, had time to sit back and think about it, I'm sure we have. Um, I, I, think, I think we've come to trust our intuition more and more. And I think that's come from, you know, well, that worked and that felt the same last year. Okay. And, and so, so your intuition gets stronger and you get more confident. Um, and I did have another thought, which has escaped me now, but if we'll come back, I am sure. <laughs> Keep going. I'm sure. I am sure as well. I love, I love the, the, that you are hiring people that are better than you in doing the tasks that you need in creating the processes. And it's one of the, um, it's actually an episode that's coming up on this podcast about the great solopreneur myth of when you start a business, the belief that if you really want to scale the business, if you really want to grow it, that you're going to be doing the same things that you started doing when you started doing the business. And that's not, that's not true. And how have you, as, as the leaders, as the founders, focused on operating more and more in your genius zone so you can let your team operate and live in theirs? Well, that's really easy for me. I hate doing routine things. So I come up with the idea, I set up the process, but I'm really, really bad at following my own process because I get bored. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so my team absolutely loves it because I document things really, really well. And they know that, um, you know, they know that they're only going to come to me if they haven't checked the Evernote and the process and watched the video. <laughs> um, to make sure they didn't get it and that's been really good like we've seen our, our team just shine through that process and you know I, ha I often have to work with other people or volunteers 
And I get easily frustrated because I expect the same level of thinking then we've been able to, 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 I guess, coach our team through our culture from them. But then I just realise how powerful our team is. You know, they don't come to me with, with a problem. They come to me with five solutions, which are probably four are better than the ones I would have thought about myself. So, yeah, that's for me, it's, it's, it's really easy because I just get bored. Mm. I think also the processes we've put in place for team communications, because we also all work in different places. Um, we're avoiding, you know, as much as we can having an office, like what a waste of money. Um, so we all work in different places, different states, you know, and so we have really good team communications. So we have a morning stand up every day, wherever we are, I might be out walking the dogs in the park or Fab's at the beach or wherever we are. Sometimes we are just sitting at home at our desks. Um, we use Slack, um, you know, enormously with loads of different channels so that we can make sure we're not doing too many emails and we're keeping that thread and it's really, you know, a, a great system to use for a team like ours. And so we, we've got all these great digital tools that, um, free people up to be able to just get on and do their job. So we certainly aren't micromanagers. We're really outcomes focused where we want people, we want our team to have the initiative, um, I love being able to just throw my throw jobs over my shoulder at people, you know, so I'm the relationship person. I'm the one. Oh, Liz is so good for that. <laughs> a, you know, out there winning the jobs. And so I just need to be able to throw things over my shoulder. Well, I don't throw them physically over my shoulder because I've not said it sharing an office with somebody, but I chuck it onto Slack or task them through active campaign or, you know, whatever the right tool is for that particular thing. So that's been really helpful to us. Um, and we save so much time with this. Like yeah. uh, we realise now working with bigger clients, how powerful our systems are and how some larger corporates are so behind, you know, yeah. like we get, we get, <laughs> we can get easily frustrated um, when we've got to work on, on different jobs with other people. And we're like, we just want to infuse them with all this automation that we use to, to save them their admin time and, and being oh able to. Oh my God. Yes. Sending us email after email with an Excel file attached to it that's going to be updated oh. in three hours and sent oh again. And we're like, no, no, there's another way of doing this. Yeah, but yeah. So, so I think I think COVID's been good for that. It's actually showed a lot of people that that they need to catch up, especially you know working from home suddenly, and they've realised that, that they left their little book of password in the office, and that's mm -hmm. that's not on. Um, so actually our first, our first week of any training that we do is all about smart tools. And, you know, it doesn't have to be super smart. Like, yes, we talk about Slack, we talk about Trello, we talk about Zofi, um, sorry, about um, um, Zapier yeah. and so on. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, what, what I see solves the biggest problem is teaching people how to use bookmark in their browser and use bookmark folders and organize all their bookmarks so they don't spend like, oh, well, what's that website again that I need to go and log in into? And it's so funny because, it's so funny because I tell you what, they're like, oh, my God, this is better than anything else anyone's ever taught me. Like they remember that, you know, not about Fabi teaching them about lead magnets and how to make hundreds of thousands of dollars, but she's the one that taught me how to organize my bookmarks and, uh, and and it's amazing now we're in week five and you know we do all the tech sessions and take control of people's computer and i'm always amazed at the beauty of their bookmark folder and their organization and you can see that this is where it starts like they've got the right tools in the business they're ready to attack the day they know where everything is and they can focus on the job as opposed to trying to find their password and their login details and what website i had to go on to edit my edit my Facebook or whatever it was. Oh, I I love that. And it's so it's so true. And you were speaking my language, Fabi, when you were like Zapier, Trello, Slack, those are all the uh, tools that we use in my business. And I I love the fact that you started out being innovative and scrappy. Um, in, in a way of like not having the uh, like larger corporate companies, sometimes I see this with entrepreneurs is we find ways to make our processes more efficient because unlike larger companies, 
they're at the at the place in their business where they can afford to pass back a spreadsheet back and forth and have that lag time. Whereas when you're growing a business and starting that um, off the ground and wanting to scale it and wanting to grow it faster, that you're bringing in cash flow, it's it's putting in really efficient processes in place and having the technology and organized bookmarks that <laughs> allow you to access your tools. Yeah, that's. No, I mean, I'm all about, you know, I've always been about that because you can't run a business if you spend, you know, two hours a day trying to find things that should be organized. Like it corresponds to me like a big messy office. You know, you see pictures of people with just piles of paper in their office. How are you supposed to respond to the needs of the customer, which evolve drastically every day using different tools? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. So let's get into a little bit of rapid fire to wrap this up. Sound good, ladies? Sounds great. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite female character in a movie and why? Oh, um, Chicken, oh, we don't have time to watch movies. Well, yes, I know, I know, but, but. It can be a book too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. You think, you think you can think for me You're because thinking. I have no idea. Well, what shows do we like, Fab? We can do this one together. Handmaid's Tale. We're both addicted to that. Well, that's old now. There's been so new. Men yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what about Sarah out of Terminator? Sarah, that was her name, wasn't it? Yeah, Sarah. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty, pretty, pretty impressive. Pretty yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sorry, that wasn't very rapid. Better try something else. <laughs> we'll try to be rapid. You're talking to women that don't have time to watch TV or read novels. So, oh, oh we do watch TV, <laughs> but then we, we fell asleep and we don't know what we watched. It was just to let your brain go numb. <laughs> <laughs> If you were queen of a country, what would be your prime focus? Food. <laughs> and to have someone cooking my food and making sure everyone in the country can have a private chef. Oh, that, that is a fantastic, fantastic goal. I married, my, my husband does all the cooking. Thank God, no one wants me cooking. Uh, <laughs> oh, for me, it's education. Mm. educate boys girls equally from you know so that's that just drives everything in as i said i was the clown in the business yeah well, i know but feel yeah. bad saying food or after no 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 food i was thinking food feed the masses but you know oh. No, yeah, beautiful fabby <laughs> <laughs> was just feed, feed ourselves right so how has being a woman helped you in your career Oh, well, I've never seen it as being an issue, but that's just me. I guess I'm just being assertive. Yeah, um, I think you're oblivious, Fab. I think you, I, I don't, I don't think you worry about opportunities that you might have missed out from being a woman. You're so focused on making the most of and seizing the opportunities you want to have despite anything. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I'd say that's an asset. Mm. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah. I think it's a real asset for her but so we are you know there's a lot of a lot of industries um, most of the jobs at the top in the tourism industry are held by men mm -hmm. um, very male centric and we see boardrooms stuffed with men with a token female or two in them and old school boys clubs and for all the same reasons that you know men dominate boardrooms all the same thing most mostly women have been held back because of having to take a career break for 10 years and not being able to travel and do the international sales trips for their tourism businesses because they they're the main mm. caregivers so all of those sorts of things so we see that in our industry i would say that fabian and i have not let those things we've worked around those things and also chosen partners who um share the load which is rare you know we know statistically that's rare that mostly women do the the caregiving in the home but um i think we've both chosen partners that um you know support what we do so it's a non-issue 
So, you know, it's, a, it's about the choices you make too. Great. What is one quality that men in your industry could learn from women? I'd say to listen. Multitask. <laughs> what would you consider to be your kingdom? Um, our kingdom? Mm -hmm. Oh, so where wow. we, we feel like we, we really hold court and we really own the space. Is that what you mean? It's whatever you interpret it to mean. Well, I think that's what it means. Uh, <laughs> I, I think we own the space of um, digital using digital tools really well to grow, um, grow your tourism business. So I, I think we really do own that space. Um, and be, and do you know the word that describes what we do? We hear it all the time and feedback is practical. So mm -hmm. the information that we pass on to people is um, they can take it and implement changes. And that just makes our little hearts just thump really hard and get real happy when we actually see our customers actually make changes and report back to us and go, my God, that's actually working. And I had, you know, just small things. I had somebody today say, and it wasn't me who did the prior coaching session. It was Claire and our team, who is a great coach. And she, this um, tourism operator who runs a whale watching tour on the Gold Coast, actually, um, said, oh, I did what Claire told me. I really started to talk more um, in a more kind of friendly and real way on social media in our, in my posts and, you know, just sort of really enjoyed writing those posts then rather than trying to be promotional. I was just telling a story and she said, oh, no, I can see already in just a matter of weeks how the engagement has improved. And so um, for, it's every little gem that we share with somebody that turns into an action. Um, that's really awesome. Um, when you when you see that that practice. so I think we own that practical training space because mm -hmm. we understand about getting those bums on seats and bums in bed. So everything that we every there's no kind of high level useless information that's shared. It's uh, even if it's strategy, it's okay. All right, now how do you pull that into your business and what are the tactics that you are going to do that you can turn into actions? Yeah, and we really try and deliver like. You know, in workshops, like you look at us at the end of the day and we are absolutely dead, brain dead because we've given everything that we had to, to everyone. Like it's like a mini consulting session. We try and give people everything they need because we know that consulting is really expensive and we know that small businesses don't have large budgets for marketing. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Giving so what... what what woman would you want to trade places with just for a day? Oh, Liz, imagine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I, want, I want Fabby's brain for a day and I want to suck up every one of the pieces of knowledge that she's got about all of these tools that we use because she is so far ahead of everybody else I know and I, and I understand them and I can train on them and I can advise and stuff, but Fabi's just her hands on and, uh, you know, knowledge and her edge with all of these tools is just so far above, above beyond everybody else I know. So I just want her brain in my head for a day. Yeah. And I want, I want Liz's like, you know, motivation for sports and by 6am she's already done two yoga classes and walk the dog. Uh, whereas I'm barely emerging, having a cup of tea. I want to be more like Liz. And then she starts again in the evening. <laughs> so what is the one habit and one belief that has best served you on your journey, on your entrepreneurial journey? Oh, mine is my favorite quote. If you focus too much on the whole, you miss the donut. And really, you need to look at life. You need to, to just look at life and, and just don't be bogged down, you know, in what your social media strategy and, and what are you trying to achieve for your business, but with your life to be happy. So just bring it back, go and stand on your little cloud and, uh, and, and I'll try to focus on the little things. Enjoy the donut. <laughs> Enjoy the donut. Bite into that donut. Um, so, oh, go ahead, Liz. I was just, yeah, I was going to say mine is that... Um, you know, if, if you do what, if you, if your work is about you doing what you love, so make sure you love doing what you do for a job 
because uh, then it never feels like work. It's fun. Yeah, sure, you're going to have you know, a few challenges here and there, but if you enjoy doing what you're doing, it's not like work. So it's really important to, um, to work out what it is that turns you on and, you know, to focus on that. And, and because you spend a, a life is short, you know, and the days go fast. So you want to be having a good time as much as possible throughout there. And I've always in jobs I've had and stuff, I've always been, I've been really fortunate that I've put myself into jobs that have been fun for me doing things I enjoy, but if ever it wasn't working for me, I would just remove myself and move on. So I, you know, I think if, if we want to lo love the life that we lead, we need to, you know, make choices. Great. That's, I, I am all about the decision-making on the basis of, of joy and, and really honing in on that. So I love, I love that answer and the donuts. Lastly, <laughs> how do you crown yourself? And that can mean however you want to interpret it. Hmm. I crown myself. Uh, small wins and celebrations and celebrating with others. So friends, our team, you know, any opportunity to go, hey, we're doing well with this, or we just won this contract, or haven't you done a great job, Hannah, when you ran that project? And, you know, when, when, we, when, when I initiate a celebration, whether it's, you know, just talking to somebody about something great that Fabian and I achieved, or talking with the team about what they've done, that, that, I, that just brings me so much joy. Um, and I think it's so important. People need to be acknowledged and rewarded. And so I love doing that. I'm doing it as often as, as, often as we can. Mm. And, and for me, it's, it's, it's the, little, the little pleasures, the little glass of champagne on a Monday, because guess what? You're happy it's Monday. And have a little champagne, don't wait for the weekend. Just find a little joy in, in everything. And I guess hang out with like-minded people. Don't forget, you know, your friends, your group of friends. I've got a great group of girlfriends that we meet once a, once a month and have a good laugh and, you know, little joys in this. I don't need a massive holiday overseas or anything. Um, you just got to be happy with yourself. And as Liz said, you know, if you're not happy in your job, change. Have, have hey. the balls to change. Amen. I love that. So where can we find Tourism Tribe? I know tourismtribe.com, um, but where, where can we find you? How can people join your programs? Who is best served by the programs that you provide? Go ahead and plug away. Go plug, Liz. You're the plugger. Uh, our, <laughs> our ideal customer is this person, okay? They're running a tourism or hospitality business, and it's a, it is an industry of, of a whole lot of different business types, from accommodation, tours, attractions, events, cafes, restaurants. So they're running some kind of, um, some kind of business that, uh, that, that travellers would visit and value. Um, and this person has, um, the, 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 for them, it's a good thing to be learning new things. Okay. They like learning they, and they want to improve their business. They're quite, you know, they can see, um, a future, they can see growth. Um, but they just, you know, they recognize that they need to keep learning. Um, so they're, they're our ideal customer and they appreciate that, um, in the environment in which they're running a business, the consumer trends are changing all the time because of technology. So they know that they need to kind of keep learning. It's not just a start and finish in a month. It's they're going to go on. So we find when we connect with those people as customers, they, they love what we do and we love them because we can see them continuing on that journey. And we offer a range of programs. So at the moment we're running the 12-week the um, upskill during lockdown online course and we're up to intake four of that now. So that's going incredibly well and people really like it because it's that weekly, a couple times a week, they're connecting in with us and others and they've got a really good program they can follow so they can really see their progress. But we also have annual um, subscriptions as well. So you can join Tourism Tribe and you can join our, um, our 
Tourism Entrepreneurs Program. So that's fantastic. You've got access to um, our course library. You've got access to us twice a month in small group coaching sessions. And you've got access to our private members forum. So that's great too. And then, so, so they're kind of the ideal tourism operator things. And we price everything at a really reasonable level. Like we're talking like a few hundred dollars here. We're not talking thousands of dollars because we know that small businesses money is... Uh, you know, they've got to be um, frugal with it. And that, and if you're going to subscribe to something like we offer, you're going to be doing some work too, you know. You've got to make use of it and you've got to, you've got to um, do, the, do the learning workshops and participate in small group coaching and that's when you get the most out of it. Um, but we love working with all sorts of businesses and, um, you know, we, we get a lot of joy from it and I think people sense that and it's a, it's a win-win then. Fabulous. If you are in the tourism industry, these ladies are who to connect with. Please find them, take their courses, organize your freaking bookmarks, and <laughs> let Bobby show you how. And as always, my fellow princess in the beers, own your throne, mind your business, because your reign is now. Till next time. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and share your breakthroughs and ahas with me by leaving a review on iTunes so I can keep the magic flowing your way. And if you aren't already following us on social media, come experience the extra inspiration and queenly convos on Instagram at crownyourselfnow or visit our website at crownyourself.com. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules.